entrepreneurs, are you trying to um, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. Now more than ever, you need a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business strategist on a mission, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees profitability and guides your growth. And I want to share some strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. So I'm really excited to have my guest on here today, uh, Roy Barker, and uh, we are going to be discussing employee retention. So Roy is a strategic operations analyst for a multi-state residential health care operation. He has more than two decades of operations, strategy, and management experience in both in and out of senior living areas, specializing in employee intention, retention and revenue uh, expense management strategies. Roy has a proven track record of helping companies improve their bottom line through increased revenues, reduced expenses, and process improvements. Wow, we all need that. He has he is well versed in sales marketing and social media media strategies, and he has completed his undergraduate degree in finance and postgraduate degree in long term care, senior housing, and aging services, both at the University of North Texas. He is passionate about cultivating relationships with others by sharing professional and personal experiences. Listen to Roy's conversation with other business experts on his podcast, The Business of Business Podcast and Senior Living Sales and Marketing. Roy and his girlfriend, Terry, live in Fort Worth, Texas with their dogs, Ada and Frankie. They, they enjoy spending time outside on the creek in their wooded backyard watching deer. Wow. Makes me feel all homey. Thanks, Roy, for coming on Profit wow. with the Plan podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I think we just need to sign off and call it quits. I think I can only go downhill after such an awesome introduction. <laughs> I agree. You know, I think it's, but I think it's important that we let listeners know where you come from and why you have the power to give us advice and direction. So I'm all about, you know, upselling and really talking about who we are and and why we why we have that proof. So, all right, Roy. So we're going to talk about employee retention, which is, you know, kind of crazy considering where the economy has gone and everybody's been, you know, do I keep them? Do I hire more? Do I fire? You know, employers are panicked right now. So I'm looking forward to some tips that'll help employers really understand how to keep and retain really good employees. Yeah, well, thanks for, uh, again, allowing me to come on. This is kind of my soapbox. Uh, probably 15 years ago when I was completing my graduate degree, we were reading through a book and it said this one industry had over 300% turnover every year. And so started doing the math as the finance guy and I thought, wow, that's that's a lot of money. And because a lot of people don't realize that there is a true cash outlay for uh, for every employee, it just steps up no matter how high we, we go up the chain. Typically, a, a $10 hour employee can cost us anywhere between five dollars to $7,500 to turn over. And I have seen estimates lately that put that over $10,000. Now, if we start talking about uh, management level, tech uh, management level can be 125%, tech workers can be 400% up to CEOs can be, you know, probably two, 300% of their salary. So 
it's important for our bottom line that we learn how to manage employee turnover. Wow. I, I never so, really yeah. realized that the, the true cost that comes yeah. when you have to rehire. I mean, there's, I can imagine there's the downside, the, the training period. I mean, I'm sure we'll go all through that, but gosh, that's, that's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, we have, you know, it starts at the recruiter. We have overtime filling the slot till they're there. We have, you know, sometimes it can be lost business. I, I, as a consumer, if I go to a company and every time I go, I see a different person, you know, I start to wonder what's wrong with this company. Either they're not hiring the right people and they're leaving or it's a tough company to work for. Do I really want to do business with them? So, mm. you know, the reality is that uh, from what I've done working with companies is that the the real work is put in on the front end, on the recruiting, uh, the training, the onboarding. Those, those are steps that are often overlooked as far as recruiting. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's a whirlwind, crazy world. People are just in a hurry. But recruiting now is basically uh, blowing out a job posting on Indeed or Monster or something like that. We have lost the art of building relationships so that I'm calling you up once a month saying, you know, I'm looking to make a move. Have you got anything over there? That's how we recruit real talent is building relationships. And, you know, as I talk about this and as we go through these points, I think that the bottom line is that that's what it really is all about. Our employees are humans. Uh, we have to, to work on building and keeping relationships with them if we want to retain them. Well, it's not only retaining them, they're representing your brand. So as a business owner, you know, if you've got different people or someone who's not really representing your company, uh, forward facing or backwards facing, um, it could really damage your reputation. So I think that it's important that as the business owner, that they want to have the right people in the right roles. And yes. then once you get them, oh my gosh, do everything you have in your in your power to exactly. keep them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's something else on the recruiting and between the recruiting and onboarding, it's screening because a lot of businesses I work at, it's very reactive. And, you know, an applicant comes in, sit down, they check their pulse. Uh, you know, do you like, would you like to work here? Yeah, of course. Ask them a few standard questions and like you're hired. They don't really do a due diligence of, you know, the skill set that I write down on my resume, uh, you know, I can fudge it a little bit, but I can make, I can skew it to this uh, position. But the behavior that I exhibit, and I don't mean, I'm not going to even get into good versus bad behavior. We're going to just get into behavior in general is that, mm -hmm. am I suited for uh, for a Ford uh, customer prospect facing sales role? I mean, if I come in if I'm desperate and I'm just applying for everything so you bring me in and I oh yeah I'm a good salesman I do this I do that but you know we need to really uh, do a screening on that temperament am I going to be able to come in here and make those dials every day or send out an email am I going to be a representative of the company to you the prospect is going to be like you know I'm so sick of calling you can you just please buy this thing, you know, because, you know, sometimes if you don't have the right temperament, you can get very frustrated with this whole process. You know, we, right. in the society of instant gratification, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like the farmers, you know, it's like we have to sow, cultivate, and then we harvest. And a lot of times we want to go from just sowing that seed to harvesting on the first phone call. And it's like, 
I'm here. I'm telling you my product's the best. And I just need you to buy. And it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, uh, you know, don't want to get off into the sales, but it can take sometimes eight to 12 touches to make a sale. That temperament that I'm going to be able to take no and I'm going to be able to sort through no's to find out the case to you anyway. And you know, I do like. Uh, Look, we're losing, we're losing you. So hang so, on just a, uh, just a second. We, we lost that last oh, little bit. Okay. Um, we're having a little bit of technology challenges here with you. So, um, Uh-oh. we had, uh, we had lost okay. that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think the, the, the importance of having the right temperament in the role is, is key to the success that they're going to have in there. Um, so what else what else do we want to look for when we're looking at employees um, to bring them on in the right way? Well, uh, you know, the onboarding, just because I've done the same job at different companies doesn't mean I'm going to know your routine or exactly what you want me to do in this seat. So having a good onboarding process, and that doesn't mean welcome to your desk, here's your chair, <laughs> that's an onboard, you know, it's like go through it. And don't, you know, the other thing is don't try to cram it all into a two-hour period. The guy just shows up on your, you know, first day and he's all nervous anyway, and so now we're going to try to cram everything that we know about this company and this job into them. So spread it out. The other awesome thing, I think, is to uh, uh, partner everybody with a mentor because if you're my boss, I, I, in the first couple of weeks, I don't want to come to you and say, I really don't even know how to start Excel on my computer, if you could help me with that. So, you know, those little questions like that, that may be a little embarrassing, a little intimidating, that hold me back or maybe get me frustrated. I'll be able to talk to a coworker who is my mentor, and they can help me with those little things to, uh, you know, kind of pave the way to me getting up and running. I think that's very, very important. And then, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm co- all about pl- I'm all about planning, and I think having having a, a strategy for onboarding and saying, okay, here's how we're going to do this over the next few weeks. You know, and here's here's your learning pod for today and here's your learning, you know, to to lay it out. And just uh, I know that certainly small business owners have a lot of challenges because they've worn every hat in the business. And this may be their first hire or their second hire. And um, they're they're struggling because they've done everything. And now they have to teach someone to do what it is that they need them to do. And you know, the, the communications and not having that plan laid out to to onboard and teach them. I think that's that's a really good insight. Yeah, and that gets back to just another thing is making sure that you have your processes and procedures in place. So there's a book, a manual, you've done everything by yourself up to this point. It's kind of rote memory, but if you're transferring that knowledge to somebody, it's good to have it written down. You don't think about all the little things that you do throughout your day that when you bring somebody on, you want them to understand those little nuances where they can pick it up quickly as well. And you so know, COVID, so true. Kind of talk, speaking of that, the relationship side, COVID, you know, it's important that we be as managers, as owners, that we be present. And what I mean by that is, you know, you need to be the mayor of your space, whether you're the owner or a manager. You know, you need to be out there shaking hands and kissing babies all the time. And so people see you, know you. And uh, 
with this COVID, especially because there's such a mix now. We've got some workers who are at home working for the first time. We got some in the office. We have a hybrid, some coming in two or three days. And so it's it's important to understand the temperament. Does is somebody very social that working from home is driving them insane because they can't they don't have other human contact. You know, there's some of us, I've been at home for 20 years that I'm more motivated to be at home because I don't have the interruptions. When I was in an office, it seemed like it was social hour from eight to five. And then after everybody went home, then I could get my work done after that. So, uh, you know, but it's important managing the team that we understand, because if it's somebody that thrives in that social contact daily, then we have got to figure out a way, whether it's bringing them in for a couple days a week, isolating them in a space. We want to be safe. Don't ever do anything that's unsafe that's not recommended by the local health authorities. But, you know, we can meet at an outdoor coffee bar, maybe just to sit down, have a cup of coffee. How's it going? What are some things that you're facing? And then, uh, you know, those people enjoy working from home like myself I can you know I had to actually find a clean shirt with the collar on it to put on to talk to you today but you know I thrive at being at home in my t-shirt and my my shorts and so uh, if somebody was going to recall me to the office then it's going to be like that's going to be a big blow that a bridge that you're going to have to cross if you want to call these people back so just really getting to know your employees being open and honest with them Uh, there's a new kind of a new saying, and I call it the platinum rule. You know, used to, we went by the golden rule, and it was treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, we've kind of updated that, and it's called the platinum rule. It's like treat people the way they want to be treated. And the only way you'll find out is by asking, right? Exactly, exactly. And there's, an, you know, another old saying that uh, we probably have two ears and a, one mouth because we're expected to listen twice as much as we're talking. And so really being a good listener, asking the right, it's it's all sales. I mean, we're always in the sales position. And if you're the owner manager, we're selling ourselves to that employee. And it's like uh, asking the right questions and then being quiet long enough to actually hear the answer because it's a lot of stuff going on. You know, this is a trying time for sure. But even in normal times, you know, people have families, they got illnesses, they got kids in school, they got mm-hmm. kids at home now. We need to understand who is working for us, what their needs are, what their challenges are. You know, if they're good, we don't want to lose them. If they're a bad employee, it was a bad hire, then, you know, maybe it's better that they move on and we can start over. But to really retain those good employees, we've got to understand those dynamics because I know people that have had good employees that uh, at the lower level that, so what happened was something happened in their home life. They couldn't get there. And instead of calling in and being berated by a manager for not for needing to take off, they just quit. And they were a good, productive employee, but they could find another job. So they didn't even bother calling in. Again, we have to encourage that, that we're interested. And we have to be genuine because if I tell you I'm interested in your life and I don't show that, you will see through me. So I'm very interested in what's happening in your life. And that's what makes you a good employee and what makes me able to hang on to you as an employee. You know, that's a really good point. Um, Everywhere we go, you need to have relationships with the people that you're working with. 
um, just as you're having relationships with your uh, clients or you're having relationships with your friends and family, you still need to have a working relationship with that person that's on your team. And I think having that caring nature and not, not the, oh, here, come cry on my shoulder, I'm your best friend, but to understand the challenges that they're facing because we're all going through that right now in one way, shape, or form. And to be to be aware and sympathetic and helpful and flexible, right? right, right we've got right. to have those movements to be able to retain the help, the good help that we want to keep. Right, right. And, you know, it's, you put, put yourself in the, if, if you're the owner, manager, if you foul up to a customer, you, you want them to be flexible with you. And so we have to extend that same flexibility to our employees that things are happening beyond their control. And, uh, you know, like me, I used to, years ago, I managed a crew of union workers and uh, they were pretty rough and tumble. And I was a young kid. There's their manager. And, uh, but you know what I did with them was I got out of the office to go see them through the day as much as possible. But we did things outside of work. And I knew that, Everybody couldn't show up every event, but what we did is I would have enough through a month that everybody could show up so I could tell them how much they're appreciated. Mm. That's really what people want. They're not going to cross the street for, you know, 50 cents more money if you are providing them with everything that they need. And most of the time, that's a pat on the back, a good job. And not just, you know, we're very quick to point out, hey, you messed this up. I need you to redo it. So you need to be as quick to point out you know what i appreciate you being here every day giving that effort and uh you know putting forth what you do because we couldn't make it without you and they need to hear that a lot of times you know we talk about celebrating our workers and celebrating just not not even accomplishments that's good but also just celebrating that they show up every day and uh a lot of times ceos and cfos think that that's a a ticker tape parade or something that's going to be very expensive and it just doesn't have to be. I mean, a lot of times that's a $25 gift card. It's a cupcake and a pat on the back. Just that recognition is what people crave so much. And it's so important. And it, it's funny that you say that. So one of my friends just on LinkedIn last week said, um, it's important to say, I appreciate you. Not I appreciate the job you do, but I appreciate mm-hmm. you and make it all about them. And like you said, it's a cupcake or a pat on the back or great job um, or accolades. You you got the the employee of the week. Remember that <laughs> we still do that. Right, the employee right, of the right. week or the employee <laughs> of the month, you know, um, accolade. And people, a lot of people like that. That's, that's their quote love language um, to yeah. get that kind of, Thank you. Um, and right. some are motivated by money, but, you know, a lot of people just want to be appreciated for all the hard work that they're doing. Yeah. And, and I think that that could lead to more hard work because now they feel appreciated. Right. Is, is, yeah. And, you, and for, you know, for 10 or $15 extra an hour, yeah, they will cross the street. But as, when you when you show that salaries are basically close, usually money is about the fifth to eighth thing on the list about why employees would leave another, leave one company to go to another. So it's all about that personal relationship, feeling value. Uh, 
because to be honest with you, people will stay for less money if they feel valued, they like their work that they're doing, they like the workplace, and uh, you're a good possibility. Yeah. The other side of that is that people do like to be rewarded financially for their hard work and their extra effort. And um, one of my clients that I'm working with right now, um, she's implemented a bonus structure or a bonus tier, and it's not a lot, um, if they help sell more. So the receptionist is, right. is booking the next appointment. Um, they're offering referrals. So if they get more referrals coming in or if they sell, they upsell the, she's a chiropractor. So if they upsell the supplements, then they get it. And, and there's a floor. So they've got to make their own salary. Um, but once they get beyond that, right, right. that piece, then she's actually rewarding them like a hundred dollars if they hit this, um, uh, uh, this level. And then if they hit the next one, they get another hundred dollars and it's giving them extra right. spending money, or maybe it's, you know, helping them with Christmas money or, you know, whatever it is that it's helping them with. They're like, now they become motivated because they're getting paid for, for increasing revenue in the company. And, and she's, I mean, she's realized that this is a small fraction of her profits. And the profits are growing because the employees right. are motivated and the employees are happy because they're getting a little something, something extra for doing extra work or helping the company succeed. So that win-win mentality is really, yeah. I love that. Yeah, definitely. If, if, especially in a sales position, if you can do the bonus structure and, and structure where people can actually get it. Sometimes uh, we, we have a, major fail there is that we structure it so complicated or out of reach where people really can't obtain that. So, yeah. But I think even, even with the non-sales people, you know, it, the receptionist, the, the booking, the calendar booking person, um, or, or, you know, somebody who's not in a traditional sales role, they can still add value to the business and get rewarded for it. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of sales or a lot of, uh, you know, profit sharing ideas. And, you know, the receptionist, uh, you know, a lot of the senior living communities that I've worked with, they don't realize how important that receptionist is. She is the first person people talk to on the phone. She is the first face coming through the door. So if we don't motivate them to and let them know how important they are in that process, right. you're definitely right. All right. So what other tips do we have to, to keep employees retained, good employees? Well, of course, uh, you know, we always want to be them to see a path because one one reason people will leave is because they don't feel that they can promote within or that, you know, in order to get that next bump in salary, they have to go somewhere else. So what we can do offer training. We can offer, let them do one-off uh, projects for us, show them that we're giving them a little bit more responsibility. Uh, you know, a great story about training is, you know, the, probably heard the story, CFO comes into the CEO's office and says, I just don't know how that we can keep spending all this money on training people and then have them leave and go to our competition. And the CEO responds by saying, yeah, but I can't see how we can afford not to train them and have them stay here with us. So, uh, you know, training is always important. Let people uh, gain that next step of knowledge. And it, it's always it's an investment. We can't look at it as an expense line on an income statement. We have to look at it more as an investment in this person, human capital. 
Exactly. And there's some tax efficient uh, tax opportunities if you are doing that. I know of a um, a company that um, gets they get they actually get funding for training. So if you're big into training, there's tax opportunities for you as well. Uh-oh, I think I might. Well, I can, we can still see you. So can you hear us? The, the joys of technology. So um, as, Roy, as Roy gets his technology back going again, there's so many important things that we need to deal with um, to make sure that we are uh, keeping our employees satisfied and, and happy and making sure that they're staying on because the employees that we have are the lifeblood of our business. And if, if we don't have our employees happy, then our business is not going to be happy. And we can't scale without help and employees. So I was just kind of preaching a little bit while you were getting your, your technology <laughs> set back up again. Um, and, uh, you know, just making sure that listeners uh, value uh, the number. I, I want to say... Um, payroll is the number one or number two expense next to your rent um, in yeah. your business. So, you know, uh, making sure that you're taking care of those people so you're paying them correctly so they can uh, they can work harder and grow your business. Leverage. Yeah, it's all know, about leverage. Typically, yeah, typically what we'll see is, you know, employee payroll be 50 to 70 percent of a lot of businesses. So it is... Mm -hmm a major part of it. And, you know, the other thing that's kind of the message, the end message, I guess, that we want to give people is I always say you want to be an employer of choice, not an employer of last resort. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing everything from the hiring process to recruiting, hiring process on down the line to make not only people want to stay, but make them want to come be here. Because, you know, in the end, we don't want to just take the uh, the guy that couldn't get the job down the street. We we don't want to just be continually having to take those guys. Yeah. So I I think as um as a small business owner and an entrepreneur, which many of my listeners are, you know, I think you don't have to be the highest pay, you know. And if you're trying to get real valuable talent, um, it does involve pain. Because depending where you live, like here in Southern California, it's quite expensive to live. So you have to pay right. at least a livable wage for them. But I think right. that there are other incentives that you can do to make that employee more happy, like maybe flexible hours or, or um, you know, the culture that you have there. Maybe it's profit sharing or, or something that could help lift you. Yeah. But you know, you can't do it alone, business owner. So you have to hire sometime in your life and hiring the right people and, and doing the right thing to retain them is, is definitely the way to go. Don't you agree? Right. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we have to be creative because if, if people are only stopping for money, then you can be kind of assured that somebody else will end up luring them away with more money. I mean, it's just a never ending cycle. So, you know, we have to be creative what are things that we can do for them? Vacations. Can we give them a trip? You know, experiences, baby boomers, that generation, they love experiences. Uh, and so you have to find out what each generation of workers, what motivates them, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that gen 
I don't know which one. The next one down below the baby boomers, uh, you know, they're motivated by, uh, you know, charities and giving and things like that. So maybe making contributions to charities of their choice or having a group, uh, a group outing where you go volunteer at a charity, you know, things like that. And it's just, and it's all starts with communication. So, you know, by sitting around the table and going, what do you guys want or what motivates you? And especially even in the, in the hiring process to find out if they're culturally matching the community that you're trying to build inside of your company. I think that's another piece too. So, right. This, this is great information. I think there's a lot of people that really truly want to hear how to hire and keep and and um, get the right team members on board with your second most important relationship uh, uh, next to your family, you know, is your employees or your staff or your work environment. So I think that that's really important. Where can listeners find out more about you and what you have going on? Yeah, they can uh, just uh, go to www.roybarker.com. They can reach me at Roy at RoyBarker.com. I'd be glad to chat. Uh, you know, always willing to try to, uh, you know, help small businesses any way that I can. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we appreciate that. I know it's a, it is a, a really important piece to every business that's growing and wants to make more, mo- more money in their business and more profits. So they have to get leverage of employees and why not find the right ones in there? So this is, right, this right. is wonderful. All right. Any, um, so listeners, thank you for um, listening today. I hope you found an idea or two that you can put into your business that will help you be more profitable and HR and um, human relations, human capital is so important to every business. So considering what's happened to businesses this year, now more than ever, it's important to update your business plan and not just a fluffy business plan, but an actionable plan to grow your profits which includes your human capital. And I invite you to check out my new Big Profit Strategy six-day sprint. And in just one week, you'll have a fresh new outlook and a real plan that will guide your growth. So sign up and join us for the next class, the next workshop at www.bigprofitsprint.com. And so I'd love to hear any of your uh, questions. I know Roy would be willing to answer feedback um, or even ideas for future shows. So please subscribe and comment below and tell us what you think or if you've got any ideas or absolutely questions for Roy. So you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Roy. Thank you very much.